When I say the word tapering, you're likely to be thinking first of the Fed. Well, at least if you've been following global financial markets or at least this Markets Extra podcast. But could the ECB, the European Central Bank, jump on the tapering bandwagon this month as well? That's what we'll be discussing on today's episode. This is Markets Extra. Hello and welcome to Markets Extra, the podcast where we discuss what's moving markets and what makes traders tick. My name is Han Tan, Chief Market Analyst of Xfinity Group, which operates global brands such as Alpari International and FXTM. And with me for today's episode is Chief Market Strategist Hussein Syed. Hussein, welcome back to Markets Extra. Always a great pleasure to be on your podcast, Han. Thank you. Well, you know, we were just chatting on your CNBC Arabia program um, about 24 hours ago or so. Right, and then here we are doing this podcast. Uh, you know, it just seems like I cannot get enough of you, Hussein. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You just turned the tables <laughs> as well. The most important thing right now is what's happening this week with the European Central Bank. So they have a meeting on September 9th. First things first, Hussein. How important do you think this week's meeting will be? I think over the next three months, the central bank's meeting will be very important. Why? Because we are likely to start seeing some kind of shift in policy. So uh, just today we had the RBA, Reserve Bank of Australia, they just announced a little bit of tapering. The impact was uh, not too strong on the markets, but we are starting to see this kind of shift. And that's why it's very important now to see where are the central banks heading for the next three months into 2022. As for this meeting itself, it might not have a huge impact on currencies, on uh, equities or fixed income, but still any signals could lead to some new uh, perspectives on how to uh, trade or invest in these markets. So uh, I think we have to monitor central banks meetings very closely nowadays. Yeah, because there is still the risk of a surprise. Hey, I recall in our last episode, Hussein, we were talking about the Fed meeting. And even though you were expecting a surprise, you were still surprised by what actually came out of Jerome Powell's mouth, right? So <laughs> that's true. So, that's true. so the expectations for the ECB is that yes, no policy settings to be change, uh, but there could be a surprise in terms of whether or not they could move closer towards tapering. So how likely do you think that surprise could be? I mean, is there a great potential for that? I would put it at 50% chance, Han. Let's remember that uh, now the governors uh, at the ECB, they are not aligned. They have different perspectives, different views, especially on inflation, on growth, we are still hearing comments from here and there from different central bankers. And this could mean that Hawks' voices will be louder. Probably not as much as the Dovish ones. Probably they will not be louder than uh, Chief Christine Lagarde. But still, it could have impact on, on the policy itself. So what do we have now? We do have an inflation rate of 3%. This was the last figure for August. And if you look at the last ECB's projections, 
they were looking at an inflation rate of 1.9% in 2021. So is this going to be revised higher? But this is still not the most important one. It's the 2022 and 2023 projections, which are at 1.5 or 1.4% respectively, according uh, to the central bank. Any revision higher, this could mean uh, we can see an early announcement of ending the uh, pandemic emergency purchase program or the open-ended APP, which is standing now at currently $20 billion. Uh, so yeah, any signals of these programs being eased slightly, this could be a message to the market. Indeed, and those are the exact same key points that I highlighted in my market report, which you can check out on fxtm.com. So just to recap, number one, got to look out for the PEPP or PEP purchases. Uh, those are the bonds that the ECB has been buying since the pandemic in order to support financial markets. Now, whether they will start pulling them back, that's one key point you have to look out for. Second, as Hussein pointed out, it's how the ECB views the Eurozone's economic performance over the coming years, specifically around inflation and also, of course, GDP. Those updated forecasts are set to be with us this week. And of course, third and not least, Christine Lagarde's language, right? She is the president of the ECB. And as Hussein said, you know, her voice carries a lot of sway when it comes to how markets react to the ECB's position. So whether she might be more open to tapering, um, we'll have to wait and see. But Hussein, if you can take a step back, you know, talk to us about why the notion of, again, tapering is important. I know we have discussed this in terms of the Fed, but you know, why is the thought of the ECB buying fewer bonds via its PEP or PEPP program, why is that important for the markets? What does it signal? So this means there's less money flowing into the bonds market and all over the Eurozone. And this suggests we can start seeing bond yields going higher. And when bond yields start going higher, this means tightening of financial conditions, although they are likely to remain loose for several more months. They're still in a negative territory uh, for most of the biggest European countries when it comes to bond yields, whether it's Germany, France, Italy. So it's still not a big issue as of now. But any signal of tapering, this means a tightening in the near future. If you just look at some comments from Austria's central bank governor, he mentioned that now it's time to discuss how to end the uh, the PEP, which is supposed to run until March. Also comments from a France central bank, and he said that the ECB should uh, take into consideration the recent economic recovery when discussing what to do with its uh, COVID stimulus package. So we are hearing these voices now coming up, and any sign of tapering, this means bond yields should start recovering from the record lows now, and this could signal a little bit of... Uh, tightening in financial conditions. But we still do have so many variables, and as you know. Uh, the economy has been ha holding up pretty well in the Eurozone compared to other advanced economies. And one of the major reasons for this is the EU has hit a 70% vaccination target for its adult population. And this has been fascinating because they started very slow compared to other economies like the US and the UK, and then it just picked up so fast. And the other uncertainty is what will be happening to the supply chains in the economy. You know, if we still have these kind of bottlenecks in supply, uh, this means inflation will continue to run higher than anticipated, 
I mean, I think this is so far the biggest economic surprise that we've been getting in the past two or three months. Most of the economic indicators have been surprising to the downside, but inflation to the upside. So how long this will stay? And I think it's a challenging time for the ECB to know. I mean, they will still say it's going to be a transitory, but now many of the central bankers, they do have some question marks. And, you know, Hussein, you made a very important point about the vaccination rates, eh? because you know, ultimately that forms the basis for any thought of normalizing policy rates, right? You have got to have that higher vaccination rates in order for your economy to reopen and people can go about going back to close to life as we knew it before the pandemic. Yeah. In fact, uh, that, that brings about some anecdotal experience because, well, for the first time ever, you and I are recording this podcast in the same country. True. Yeah. <laughs> Although you are in your home yeah. in Dubai and I'm in my hotel room in Dubai, but we are both in Dubai. And having just been here for two days, about you know, 48 hours or so, it's remarkable as to how life is going about in the UAE because of the higher vaccination rates here. I'm actually shaking people's hands. Heck, I shook <laughs> your hand. I haven't shook, yeah. uh, you know, somebody's hand in about two years, right? It's nuts. So, I mean, although shaking hands might not be so important economically, but it's a meeting of people. And then when you go out for meals and you know, get into cab rides and buy more services, Right, all that feeds into economic growth. But as you pointed out, in many of these major economies, uh, there are other factors that are also contributing to consumer prices going higher. So that's the delicate and tricky balance that central bankers face right now. When do they start tapering and then eventually maybe hiking interest rates to bring inflation under control if it doesn't prove to be transitory? But if you heighten rates too soon, then you could derail that economic recovery, eh? Of course. And, and you, you know what? Probably we need some new indicators, uh, economic indicators. Maybe one of them should be a shaking hand indicator just showing how <laughs> life is returning back to normal. Uh, this is this is a very interesting one you just pointed out now. But yeah, listen, any announcement of tapering is going to be minimal. If they are going to an announce a tapering of the PEP, it could be around 10 to 20 a billion euros, it's currently 80 billions per month. Maybe nothing will happen to the APP. Policy overall will remain loose. And if you look at just the markets, uh, look at the equity markets in Europe, uh, they seem to have a different opinion. They do not agree that a tapering will happen in this meeting. And this is because equities are at record highs all over Europe. And if they were surprised, then we could see some correction. I don't believe it's going to be a huge correction, like 5 to 20%, maybe in the range of 1% to 3%. Uh, if there's, there was any surprise at this meeting, euro could be breaking above $1.19, uh, but I think it will remain below uh, $1.20 until we get over the Fed meeting. And of course, October's non-farm payrolls, which could decide the next move by the Federal Reserve. Yeah, indeed, because there have been doubts now being cast on the Fed's own tapering plans that we have spoken about quite a lot here on this podcast. You had that August non-farm payrolls, which was just shockingly low. And so that could really push back the Fed's tapering timeline, which, uh, you know, even just uh, a couple of weeks ago, Fed Chair Jerome Powell had said, you know, hey, he might be open to doing it before the year end, right? So this is the 
really tricky balance that uh, central bankers face right now. And of course, like Hussein pointed out, not just stock markets, but FX markets are more than ready to react to these kind of policy signals as well. So with all that said, you know, Hussein, before I let you go, I got to ask you this though. If you had to come up with that economic indicator for handshakes, what would you call it? I propose the Hussein Handshake Index, HHSI. No, it should be Hussein's Enhance because you were the one who brought the idea. Ah, yeah, true. So it would be H3. But HH, HH Handshake Indicator. Man, that's a lot that's of good. H's. That doesn't roll out of the tongue though. H3 Index. Yeah. <laughs> Han Hussein Handshake. Yeah, 3H. There we go. 3H Index. I love it. Well, you heard it here first on this podcast. And of course, as always, be sure to check out the analysis that Hussein and I post on our website. And of course, do subscribe to Markets Extra, available on all of our favorite podcast platforms. Until next time, I'm Han for Markets Extra. Markets Extra.